If you have ever felt like there is just not enough money in your business so that you can write yourself a good paycheck, I want you to come listen because in this episode, I'm walking one of our long-term members through the process that she needs to take to grow her bottom line profit and start paying herself more. And this is something every one of you can do. So grab your pen and come listen. Welcome to the e-commerce roadmap, the podcast for store owners who are growing their sales without spending a fortune on ads. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up and join your host, Susan Bradley, as we dive into the work that will grow your sales this year. Hi, I have a great episode for you guys today. This episode is really all about uh, gross profit. Gross profit and how much gross profit is enough. That's the, the big question. Enough for people like us, really. And I think it's a great topic because so many people just don't understand. Like it's really hard. They might understand in a silo, but to connect all the dots and put a package together that makes sense in their mind is when it comes to your financials and pricing your products and getting a paycheck paying all your expenses and managing your cash flow, that's really hard for most of us to onboard. And so what I want to share with you is a couple of months ago, I recorded two podcast episodes that got a ton of traffic and a ton of questions. And I actually got a ton of emails. And so what they were is it's episode 166. We'll put it in the show notes. And it was with one of our clients, Karen Stower, who has a cash flow issue right now. And the episode was about fixing her cash flow. And what we discovered on that episode was that she just doesn't have enough gross profit in dollars to cover her expenses, which is why she just feels like she's scrambling every month. And because that episode was so common, in fact, I think I suffered from this once upon a time, maybe back in the 90s and didn't even know it, just ran and hid in the corner. <laughs> so, so I know it's common. Smart people can do this, have this problem. But what that inspired for me after I heard so much feedback from our, our audience was a second episode, which is actually number 167. And it's really all about pricing and margin contribution dollars instead of percentage. And that episode is about, you know, most people say, well, I just double it or I double it and add 10% or something like that. And that's how we price our products. And I think there's that's a flawed process because it doesn't it doesn't align with what we're trying to do. Like it's just like it's like driving without a map, I think. And after that episode, Allison Emmerich, who's here with me, she's a coach in the inner circle. She's not dumb. Let's just put it out there. She has a successful business. And uh, she came back to me, and we have a Slack channel inside of the inner circle for our team. And uh, she sent me this question, like on the DL (laughs) in front of everybody. She's like, "Um, (laughs) I have this question and it is, what do you think a good margin dollar contribution should be? And I'm like, well, I think we should do a podcast episode on this, Allison, because you're smart. You're already successful. You have a very viable product-based business, successful. And you're like, yeah, I think I know. And then I don't. So. Yeah. So tell us about that. 
Yeah, the finance part of it has just been the bane of my existence for a long time. Because like you've said, I've figured a lot out. I mean, with the help of the inner circle, I learned how to do Facebook ads and Google ads and all these different things. And I grew my business. But the finance piece has just always, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I have to admit, it still kind of boggles me a little bit. Kind of like, I understand it, but not well enough to explain it. You know, sometimes things Uh fall in that category. And at the B, when I started my business, I definitely fell prey to what you said before, where I thought like, oh, well, if I pay $5 for something and I sell it for 10, then I'm making $5 mm-hmm. on the surface. Yes. But I now know that that is not true because even just with the Shopify store, you know, I have to pay for Shopify and I have to pay for my email service provider and I do run ads. So I have to pay for that. So I'm not putting $5 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And Where I got kind of wrapped up is some of my products have a very high margin, but they don't cost as much. And some have a very low margin by percentage, but it's a lot of money. So that's where the question, my question to you came from. Yeah. So tell everybody, like these, the the massive, tell everybody your site, first of all. Oh, it's easeliving.com. And I sell home medical equipment. So canes and walkers and compression socks and things like that. Um, I'm an occupational therapist, so I started it just based on a need for better products. And like I said, the different price points, like walkers are way more expensive than socks. So it's so your socks might have a hundred percent margin, which is like you're doubling, right? Uh, or you're, I guess you're not doubling, you're more than doubling the cost. And your walkers might have a 25% margin, but the margin contribution dollars, which is actually that dollars and cents profit. Mm-hmm. Is higher for your walkers and your canes, maybe, than it is for your socks. Exactly. And so your question was, well, what's the where's the bare minimum? Where can I end up? And so I guess this is my answer to your question publicly. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but no, no, really, seriously, publicly, I think that I think that you could say to yourself, listen, I need a minimum amount that I or I don't sell it. So I need to make at least, do you mind sharing, like, even if you ballpark us on the socks, because that would be your cheapest item. Right. The socks that I sell the most of, I pay between $4.50 and $5 for, and I sell for $26.99, Okay. Which is the price. So you're, you're already getting $20 is your kind of bare minimum. But when I started selling them, I think I priced them at $15.99, thinking like, oh, I'm tripling. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. So you're not probably um, like the average. I would say that that's unusual that somebody would have that that very high right. margin contribution dollar. And so I think that for you in that situation, that if you wanted to say your margin contribution minimum is $20, that would just direct what you do as far as adding new products. And when you say that it's per individual product or you know, say the average order is someone buys three pairs of socks yep. and then it brings it up. But you're saying like $20 per individual product. Yeah, which is which is not what I would recommend for lots of people because it's perhaps too high. Like if we go back to Karen's episode where she was selling herbs, right. that's possible to do. Right. And so what I recommend most of the time is to look at this as a whole rather than looking at it as as a minimum in a pricing strategy, I think you need to stay focused on the big picture and on the on the big numbers. 
And so when I, I think what's more important here is that you get an, an income statement every month. I do. And it's funny, the last episode I just just recorded was with uh, Ethan Alexander, and he talked about selling a business, which is going to be so important for so many of our members. But one of the things he said he sees, which is, and so that's why I want to mention it again, is that some people do their accounting or they have an accountant or bookkeeper that is, I didn't even know because I haven't seen one but that is doing their bookkeeping on a cash basis, which means that if you get an order of socks, say, uh, in all at once, you expense that whole order of socks in your um, cost of goods okay. that month. Mm, okay. That's I don't know whether you're doing that or not. I haven't seen anybody doing it recently, but you can't operate that way. That's a hard no. <laughs> okay. You have to use what they call an accounting and accrual basis, which means your cost of goods is really only the cost of what you sold that month. Right. And so that gives you a really accurate cost or much more accurate cost of goods than if you were trying to expense a whole order. And so it's important for people to onboard that because if you're working with an accountant or a bookkeeper who hasn't worked with a product-based business before, an inventory-based business, they might be ramming that thing all the way through every invoice all the way through. And that's going to really skew your um, cost of goods and your margin. And so first of all, that has to be resolved. Number one, you have to get an income statement every month. Number two, it has to be an accrued um, statement, income statement, like your P&L. And then I think what is important to look at are the two big categories of a P&L. One is, of course, the cost of goods minus or your sales minus your cost of goods, which gives you your gross profit. Okay. And so your gross profit is they'll, they can report it to you in dollars and in percentage. And, and really at our stage of business, when we're doing our, you know, going through our motions to run our business, what's more important to us is the dollars than the, than the percentage, because we need to know that we are generating enough dollars of profit, gross profit, to cover our expenses and then some. Right. So, so some for profit. And so for you to look at your item or anyone to look at individual items and say what the bare minimum is, especially when you have such a broad range, it's not going to work. What you need to look at is, okay, what are my expenses every month? And say my expenses are, I don't know, come throw me a number. It doesn't have to be real. Uh, let's see. I have my profit and loss pulled up. I don't have it pulled up by month. Let's say it's roughly, we'll say 12000 Okay. So $12,000 are your expenses every month. So what you need to know is that you need to generate enough gross margin contribution dollars to cover that 12,000 and leave some money for profit, whatever you decide that profit should be. And so once you figure out that minimum, like that's the minimum that you want, then you can go back and look at what items you're selling. What makes up your sales? Say your sales are $25,000 that month. What makes up those sales? And where's my biggest opportunity to have more profit, like more gross margin contribution dollars um, with what I'm already selling. 
because that's what's going to move the needle rather than something that going, okay, I got 245 items and now I've got to change it. And so that's what's going to move the needle. And so you will know that, right? You can pull that out of Shopify, what you're selling, even what you've sold year to date and what right. percentage of your total sales that makes up. And what you know is anything that is, um, you know, below, I don't know, 10%, I don't know, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter what your gross margin is on that, your gross margin contribution dollar on that particular item, because you're not selling any. So actually you're getting zero. And so that's, that to me is a better way for you to do that. And so you could take like, for example, you could say, okay, I'm going to just do it year to date since we're well into 2023. So you could say up until from January 1st till July 31st, here's my um, here's my gross margin dollars, as long as you're doing the accrued counting. And, and here's my total expenses. And what's left in there? What's the difference in there? That's my profit. And is that okay? Or do I want more? Like, if we think about it, like, I don't, do you take a salary from your business? And expensive? I'd, I'd take more draws, draws. but I do, but they are expensed. Okay. So you're like an S corp then. I'm actually an LLC. This is just okay. the way I've been doing it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. And so, so you don't have a regular paycheck. You take a draw and right. do you expense it as you take it? Yes. Okay. So maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I need a raise, right? I can. Right. Yeah. So I already have X, Y, Z amount of profit, whatever it is. Like say I have 5,000 a month worth of profit, but I want a raise of a thousand dollars a month. And so then you could go back to what you've sold, analyze what you've sold, get one of your reports out of Shopify and say, where can I make that up in what I'm already selling? And it might mean that you take five or six items and you add $5 to each of them it's probably not going to be your socks, right? Right. Yeah. But it has to be in items that you're selling. And so I think that rather than getting so granular for businesses like yours that have more than one product, it makes a lot of sense to do that. If I can increase volume on Mm -hmm. one of the lower price products without an associated huge increase in ad spend or something, Mm -hmm. would you consider that a valid way to increase? The profit as well? Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's, especially if it's those darn socks. But, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Of course it is. But but the, the thing, the fact remains that you haven't done that. Right. So what stopped you from doing that before? Now? Like I would just work with what I have now and see if you can make that work. And then like, see if you can generate more profit there. And then, okay, what's my next step? Because now I want a bonus at the end of the year. And so right. what's the next step? I mean, that's how I would do it. I always think, you know, when we sit down and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, why the heck didn't you do that six months ago? If if you think it's the amazing opportunity that you're telling me it is, how come we're just talking about it as a concept? What stopped you from doing it? And then usually there's something. Right, right. Too busy. Don't really like it that much, whatever it is. And so let's think about this. I think the other thing we need to talk about is um, expenses. That's what I was just going to bring up. <laughs> okay, so tell me what you're thinking is. Tell me about that. What are you thinking? 
Well, I know that, you know, and I agree with this, obviously, because I've done the 3PL and everything. You know, we can't, the whole not working in our business, you know, we have to, that whole, I always get that quote mixed up. You know what I mean? So once you outsource, you're outsourcing things like 3PL, you know, social media, whichever things that are too time consuming and not worth the $10 an hour jobs. Yeah, nothing's ten dollars an hour anymore. Right, exactly. Post-COVID, the twenty. <laughs> okay, the twenty dollar an hour jobs. <laughs> and, but it is tempting when it's looking like you know expenses are starting to be higher where I want them to be to just be like, oh, I'll just bring that all back in house and I don't have to pay that bill every month. Mm-hmm. But intellectually, I know that in the long run that's not good for the business, but it's hard in the moment when the finances are looking shaky to not want to do that. Yes, absolutely. I think you're not the only one. I sometimes the odd time I see when somebody has um, sent in a cancellation for the inner circle and it's because they can't afford it. And I was like, or I am like, you know, you can't afford not to. Right. And so if you had to do that, if you had to take something back in house to save money for the short term, it's got to be with a plan. Right. It's got to be, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it for three months. I'm going to, you know, make the changes that allow me to afford that in my business. But I think there are also other options. And I think that that's kind of, it's kind of like creating all sorts of turmoil. Mm -hmm. In your business, right? Absolutely. 3PL, total turmoil. And it makes your business less saleable the minute you do any of those things. And so when you think about, um, like, for example, I know you had uh, you had somebody doing your customer service. And did you remove them? I do. I had, at one point, I had an agency do it. And now I have a VA that does both my customer service and creates and schedules organic social posts. Okay. And what's the difference? between the two, the cost wise. Oh gosh. I don't even remember what I was paying the agency, but I, this is probably half. Half. The VA, what okay. I was paying the agency. And, and you don't have to do either the customer service or the, yeah. So I think that's a better solution. The question is how can I do it better? Is this, whatever this cost is, like, I, I think it was exorbitant, your customer service. And it was maybe because they got on the phone with people. I can't remember. Right. It was a lot. And they weren't doing the creating social posts. like right. Yeah. And so d- does it, is this what the business needs right now? This um, great big solution, maybe corporate solution? Or is there a way I could do this better? I think that's a much better solution than saying, well, I'm just going to pull it all back and save the money. I can pay my mortgage with what I'm paying. <laughs> Can't you just hear it now? I yeah. feel like at this moment. But that keeps you where you are. Right. And so I I think that that's a mindset shift for so many of us. And and I think that um we have to realize that we cannot cut expenses to profitability. Not for the long term. That makes sense. Yeah, that definitely yeah. makes sense. It's not, I'm not advocating that you're stupid with your expenses but that's that's like a, a retreat right that's like I a, mean it's a knee-jerk reaction though when you see the amount going down yeah. coming in and the amount going out going up the knee-jerk reaction is no more can go out right but you're a coach in the inner circle is that what you would coach people to do no <laughs> no yeah right you gotta drink our own kool-aid you know as we know there's a lot of 
aspects to running an e-commerce business and a lot you need to know. And if there was something that I packaged in such a way that could it could be outsourced, why would I want to take that back? Or what time portion of my day is that going to fit into? Yeah. And how does that grow your business? Right. Yeah. How does that grow your business? And so I think that we have to remember that cutting expenses is not a long-term solution. The other thing I think we need to uh, change our mindset on is that you actually do get to decide how much profit you make. So quit it (laughs) (laughs) with the thinking that you just have to accept what is, right? There's always a way. And so, but the thing is that we don't actually make progress on things that we don't pay any attention to. And so what it means is you have to do some of the hard stuff and you already have, like you already have your books done every month. But And I see so many people that pay someone or have their books done every month and then never look at it. Yeah. That's you pay uh, someone. I tried, I took so many courses and did so much to try to learn QuickBooks. And I, there's just something about it that my brain, I can't. So I, I hired someone local to me. Yeah, I got a re- referral from someone else from that does it for me. Yeah, it's, it's so nice. That's again something I wouldn't give up because the amount of mental energy and anguish right. and frustration it was causing me to yeah. try to figure out QuickBooks. It's very oh, worth it. Someone. Yeah, yeah. So if that's this is you and you think you can't control how much money you make, first of all, I'm just going to call you out and say that's not true. Secondly, I'm going to say what have you done <laughs> to to do that? And so. Books are one and I love your solution because I think we're too close to it. And it's like the last thing on our list that we want to do. And if it's the first thing on our list, we're probably not selling enough, (laughs) right? So uh, get your books done and then just do the exercise. How many dollars is the gross profit in my business every month? And how many dollars are my expenses average? And what would I prefer? And how can I get there? But one of the things that we have to remember is that if you think for a minute, and and I know you have a product that's very easily compared to price across platforms, right? But if if we as merchants think for a minute that a lot of people are comparing the price of these things all over the place, we're nuts. They they just don't. Most people and the kind of customers we want are shopping with us for more reasons than the price. Number one, and number two, they're especially in your price point, you know, shipping might be fast shipping might be more important to them than the product. Like there's so many other buying decisions for us as independent store owners that are above the price. And so we're fooling ourselves if we think that anyone's going to notice a couple bucks. That's actually what I was going to ask because I, I'm not a maker. We have many people in the group that yeah. are makers and, you know, I feel like they have a little more room with their pricing because they make it. It's their own creation where my products. I most I buy wholesale and sell retail. Yep. So even though it's medical equipment, it's not different than most people who have like a clothing store or something and buy wholesale. So I do see that as especially there's a couple of the products that are sold on Amazon, which makes me nuts because of course that's a race to the bottom price wise. But I see your point in that if I can package it with something like fast shipping or better customer service because. It's hard not to beat Amazon on customer service. You know, and that it makes it a little bit more worthwhile right. for people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and your kind of customer, you sell high-end medical equipment, you're mm-hmm. selling $26 socks. That's not the person that's like gonna devote for the most part, maybe sometimes they're not gonna sit there for three hours and make a spreadsheet of the price of your stuff on, like where they should 
you know, that's just not how most people rule. And so I think that that's important. The other thing I want to talk about with it, all of this is that we all need to, I'm, I'm talking about this more and more, and maybe it's because it's on my mind too, that I need to take more responsibility for my results. But, but if you're not profitable, <laughs> or if you're not as profitable as you want to be, for example, and I, this is not a criticism of you at all, but going and taking something and doing something that you've never tried before, like, that's just throwing spaghetti on the wall. And I think as we mature as business people, taking responsibility for really figuring out, like instead of just having that knee-jerk reaction you talked about, really figuring out how do I move forward and 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 understanding and accepting that maybe the first thing that comes to our mind isn't going to be right. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> right? That we might have to try it two or three times. But if you really focus on that, and you work on it, I guarantee you, Allison, if you really focused on adding $1,000 to your bottom line every month, I bet you in six months, you'd come back and tell me you did it. Yeah. One of the things I have to being in business for kind of a long time is it is very easy to get in a rut. Oh, so easy. Doing things. Yeah. And I need to, you know, especially with summer kind of coming to an end and you know, we all get yeah. busy in the summer. You know, I really need to look at how I do things and where I need to shake it up. Like, you know, things have been, sales have been very consistent, yeah. but they've been consistent. They haven't been on a, on an upward trajectory. Yeah. So what I'm doing is working, but it's not, it's working to keep me here and not make me go higher. And if your profitability is where you want it to be, then, then yeah, your next step is sales. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. then you make more profit because you're selling more. And so I think that you need to take responsibility. You have to own the outcome there. And and not that like everybody who's um, certainly in our circle, they conceptually get it. And then they go work their list. (laughs) I think it's really common. The other thing I'm going to say, which is um, hard, hard for all of us, even really hard for me, is that when you are looking at being more profitable and how much profit should I make, sometimes it's making a hard decision. And, and like when we think about product-based businesses, a hard decision is um, we're not going to carry that product anymore. Well, that, I mean, that's something I definitely learned through the inner circle years ago when I joined, (laughs) because you know, I like I said, I started my business because I'm an OT and I saw a need for a certain type of product. So especially some of those first products that I found that I was like, yes, this is it. These people mm-hmm. get it. There are a couple of those that turned out to just not sell that well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned all the ad tricks and I tried all the things and it's just not something that translates well to selling online. And it is a little heartbreaking to give up kind of your first baby yeah. product, but that's where you know, we teach with the ads, looking at the data is, it's not, it's often not what you think is going to be successful, but the data tells you what is successful. Yeah. Even if it's contrary to. Yeah. And you might hold on to it even because you love it so much or anecdotally five people have told you it's the best product ever that haven't bought it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and, and they're telling you that. So you think if you just put a little more effort into it, that that might, uh, do the thing. But I think it's making hard decisions, not only with product, but also with people. Right. 
you know, who you're employing, like maybe somebody isn't like, I see a lot of that too. A lot of people like um, have a long-term relationship with someone or they, um, they feel bad mm-hmm. someone. And so they keep paying and keep paying and keep paying, hoping that something's going to be different. And the truth is that the business needs something completely different than what you're getting from this person. And you need to make that hard decision and you'll feel better the minute you do. So I think that's it other than, you know, put, setting your mind to it and then measuring with your, with your um, profit. Do you have a goal? Is there a thought in your mind? Yes, I do have a little bit of debt on the business from when I started it and made poor financial decisions and paying that off is of course debt number one, you know, goal number one while continuing to pay myself and then taking those payments that are going to the debts now and giving them to myself will give me a nice raise. That's right. That's a great idea. So, so what if you set that up on a spreadsheet or however you like to track and measure things? How long it will take. And that's your first goal. And I want to just uh, share with you something else because of what I heard you say, and it was that you made bad decisions when you first started the business and, and like, I'm the worst one to talk to myself in a bad way <laughs> about that. But the truth is, okay. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't right? Know. Right. Yeah, looking back on it now. No, I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah. I do wish that I had known when I started, had some of the financial knowledge that I have now. And I don't yeah. consider my financial knowledge. I'm not an accountant by any stretch. Yeah. But knowing more about the pricing and the margin yeah. contribution dollars from the beginning would have prevented the debt. Yeah. yeah. And and also we have to look at, um, I think that our industry does uh, a really good job of telling people that you that's almost free to build a business. Oof. Right? Yep. Right. Just such a lie. Yeah. It's just such a lie. It costs money to um, start a business, like a significant amount of money and particularly with an inventory-based business. And if you are going month to month thinking that you're failing because you're not getting that money back, that's that's really bad too. But that's just like putting a down payment on a house. It's that money is gone until you sell the business. Right. And And you need to like put your head around that. Right. You mentioned that in the other podcast about the capital expenditure aspect of it. It just takes money to start it up and to get it ramped up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and, and it might feel like you made a big mistake, but the truth is everyone else feeling the same way, (laughs) but it's not true. That's the way it is. So listen, thank you for that, bringing this up and, um, and sharing what you've shared here. Is there any other questions you have as somebody who runs a successful business as we established at the beginning of this episode, you're not dumb. <laughs> what other things are kind of lurking in your mind? Is there anything else? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'll think of something as soon as we sign off. But <laughs> I didn't my messages and say, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was really helpful for lots of people. So there's, there's no minimum con- margin contribution dollar amount. It's all in relation to what is my gross profit, which are my total margin contribution dollars. What are my expenses? What do I want? Right. Yeah, really good. It makes sense now. I was, you know, I tend to overthink things that I don't, I tend to overthink things all the time, but especially things I don't understand. So I think I was making it more complicated than it is really. Yeah. 
Well, because because it's kind of mysterious, right? And so we think there's something that we're missing. I hid from my financials for years. Like just like I'm gonna stand in the corner and maybe it'll go away. Right. And I don't I can't remember really what made me think, oh, I should just like I don't have to. You know the one thing that really got me was the balance sheet, you know, the minuses and the pluses. I still don't get it. And it's like it sounds like Charlie Brown's mother talking when people say yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, how fast can I get out of here? Is yeah. all that's going through my mind. And and so once I realized that I didn't have to um do that work. And I didn't have to 100% understand all the things. I just have to understand the part where I make profit. Right. And and that made it way more fun. Yeah. So there you go. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you back in the in the group. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. Oh, where can people find you if they want to see you? easeliving.com so it's e-a-s-e-l-i-v-i-n-g.com and of course if you're in the inner circle i'm in there all the time all the time (laughs) and if they want to book a call with you they can do that inside of their program and um you're really good at seo you um also have experience with 3pls so for people who are in that stage because i still remember when we talked about you moving to 3pl and how you people are in that stage where they don't want to ship uh, to their house or from their house, they want to move that out of their house. You're good for that, and you also do some drop shipping. Yep, I do. I'd say about eighty percent of my products are stored at my 3PL, and the other twenty percent are drop shipped. Okay, so if you want to talk to Allison, you know where to find her. We'll see you soon, guys. Bye. Hey there. Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped, wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want And you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch. This is training from our inner circle. It's in our foundations unit. Our members get it right away. And they leave feeling confident about their site, their product, their pricing, and they're ready to get on the path to success. I want to share that with you. So the URL is thesocialsalesgirls.com, sales every day. I'll stick it in the show notes. See you soon.